Kim, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, when we talk about the holidays, and like I said, this is nothing new. We know that they can be a trying time. What is it about the holidays that, you know, for some people makes it very, very difficult? Well, absolutely. It can because of our expectations of what we think the holidays should be and or what they have been for us in the past. And so that mismatch between our expectations and the reality can cause us a lot of stress. Yeah, I mean, there's the pressure, right? Because you see everybody talking about, oh, I'm going to visit this person or we're having this dinner or we're doing this or we're doing that. And you're kind of sitting there going, well, I- I'm not doing all those things. So what's wrong yeah. with me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and part of it too, like you mentioned earlier, is it does look different than what we've had in the past. There's a lot of grief and disappointment for people that we can't do things that even two or three years ago we were able to do. And so that really tests our patience, I think, and our um, ability to kind of uh, think outside the box and be resilient because it breeds some resentment. Yeah, no doubt. And um, we all know that not every family is the idea ideal you know, picture yeah. postcard family, and it's going to be all love and joy and everything's going to be, there's going to be mm-hmm. conflict. There's going to, and you can avoid that for a lot of the year, but it seems like mm-hmm. the holidays sort of make that unavoidable, right? The expectation is everybody gets together and everybody's going to get along and have a great time. Yeah. And part of it too is you've added then a lot of stress with the preparations, a lot of expectations, some alcohol sometimes, yeah. some exhaustion from, you know, we've had, busy couple years and and definitely in preps for the holidays you add all those factors in and it just heightens everything for sure um is christmas the worst part of it or is it this whole time of year you know over this whole week or two week period or is christmas sort of the focus of it all you know that i think it's so individual i definitely think there's extra pressure at christmas and new year's there's no question yeah um, but it really is individual about your own expectations. Like, do have did you plan a holiday this Christmas that you couldn't go on? Did you want to be with people that you weren't able to be with, or did you expect it to be different than it the reality is? That is really, and it's so individual for people. But that it's going to be interesting to see, you know, in talking to people what it is exactly that they are feeling uh, specific frustration about. Um. You know, you make an interesting point, and I've preached to my kids since they were little, manage your expectations. That's, mm. that's sort of job one, but boy, that's hard to do, Kim. I mean, mm-hmm. you're right. If you go in with expectations that, you know, it can be as simple as you're giving somebody a gift and they mm-hmm. don't respond the way that you expected them to. Well, there's yeah. no obligation on them to, to respond. I mean, it's a really tough, how, how do you help people learn to manage their expectations? Shay, it's like you're reading my mind. This actually (laughs) happened to me this Christmas. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I had to do, I mean, even as a psychologist, I had to do some thought work, we call it, which is paying attention to what it is I'm telling myself. Because at the end of the day, we can only control ourselves. We cannot control other people, how they behave, how they react anything. We have to really pay attention to what was my expectation there? What was that hitting for me? Why was I upset or disappointed in that? And that's really about me. That's yeah. not about them. They don't People even know the do rules of the game. Want. How are they possibly sure. going to play, right? <laughs> yeah. And in my case, it was a six-year-old child like <laughs> 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 who was a little disappointed in what I got done. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like, uh, seriously, I, yeah. But uh, there could have been so many other factors in their life that we don't know about, right? So, I mean, I, the message can't be, Kim, go in with no expectations. Don't, right. you know, just, you can't just go in and say, oh, whatever happens is fine. I mean, it's reasonable right. to have some expectations, isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. There's a difference between expectations and intentions. So if I go into, let's say, a family Christmas party, and I say, you know what? I want to show up as an authentic, wholehearted person because I can only control me. So whatever natural reactions or actions that come up for me, I will actually express to people. And I want this to be a time of joy. So I'm really going to set that intention that that is, you know, how I want to show up to this engagement, regardless of how anyone else does. And that can really help us take the pressure off of other people. Because it's about our own mindset and what we want to do there. It doesn't mean it's going to end up perfectly, sure. but it just means that then we have kind of like a, a guidepost of how, you know, when we get in these tricky situations where someone's drinking too much or being too loud or being obnoxious, like, okay, well, my intention here is just to be my myself. I don't have to pretend to be someone else. And how can I make this experience for me the best I can? Um and not to state the obvious, Kim, but this applies year-round. We're talking about the holidays, but a lot of the things that you're saying work any time of the year. Oh, you are not wrong about that. <laughs> Five chatting with uh, Kim Canella, registered psychologist and owner of Courageous Leadership, about, uh, you know, the difficult time a lot of people have um, during the holidays. And it, it's real. There's no doubt about it. Al in Edmonton wants to chat about this quickly. Hi, Al, you're on the air. What, what's on your mind? Yes, good morning. Um, I lost my spouse of 50 years just recently, and I've gone through a lot of the first. Oh, no. I, I, Sarah, you know what I did? I forgot the lock. Call back. Call back, Al. I apologize. We'll, we'll get you on the air, but I was trying to bring Kim into the conversation. I know. I'm sorry, Sarah. Please call back, Al. I apologize. See, Kim, I'm technically inept. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> It happens. <laughs> a couple other questions from listeners on the text line. Wendy says, great topic. I need help getting motivated especially with New Year's resolutions. I need some ideas from mm-hmm. your guests. I'm trying to organize various things in my life. How do I get motivated? Yes, excellent question. I thought this might come up. Um, you know, we think it's about willpower. We think that making change in our lives is about, you know, our our strength and our ability to, you know, have this motivation, which is so elusive sometimes and we can have it for a few hours or a few days or a few weeks even and it goes away you know what it's actually not about your uh you know your physical or an attribute of actually being motivated it is actually about a routine so the number one thing is start small you can have a list of things that you want to change but do not try and change everything at once Mm -hmm. because it's too much so start small start with one thing and put it into your routine so let's say and i think this is me huge for lots of people let's we want to start moving it's great for your mental health i totally recommend it as your new year's resolution start to get moving don't expect yourself to do two-hour workouts yeah. every day right off the bat. So Start be reasonable, with, let's right? Let's say 15 or 20 minutes and put it into your routine. So when you get up, you put your shoes on, 
and you do your video or whatever it is that you're doing or you go to the gym. I don't even know if you can, but whatever it is you want to do, walk outside and do that every day so that it's just not a question. If you're, if you don't schedule it, then you have an opportunity to talk yourself out of it. It's like, oh, I'll do it later. And then it got too late. Oh, I'll do it again tomorrow, right? So you actually have to put it in your routine. Interesting. Routine, yeah. Great mm-hmm. idea. Okay, we've got Al back, so uh, we hung up on oh, Al. Let, oh, now I hung up on the... Sarah, now I hung up on Kim. Can you get Kim back? Try a little Good Lord. I apologize, Sarah. Okay, Sarah, will get Kim. Al, you're back. Thank you for calling back. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lock Al right now. Okay, Al, you're locked. So when Kim calls back, I'm not going to hang up on you. But go ahead. You were saying... All right. Thank you so much. I, I lost my wife uh, of uh, 50 years recently uh, through cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. And I've gone through a lot of the firsts, anniversaries, uh, Thanksgiving, birthday, and Christmas. But Christmas was probably the hardest. And uh, what I wanted to say was to thank people like Kim, uh, because the grief counselors and psychologists really help you to navigate through grief. And... Um, one of the first things that I learned is that you recognize you'll always grieve. It's yeah. not linear. It's more like a maze that you're trying to get yourself through. And you might take two steps backwards, one step forward as you're in a maze, but it's certainly not a straight path from A to Z. And I've learned that. Um, the psychologists and, and uh, grief counselors that I've talked to, and I've talked to them once a month for the last seven months, uh, have really helped me out in terms of making sure I seek out friends, uh, talk openly to family. Uh, I keep a journal. And um, for men in particular, um, the message I wanted to put out there is, you know, seek that help. Um, there's nothing wrong in no. tears either. Al, I think you spent a great message. You're you're so right. Um, there's 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 nothing wrong with asking for help. It's probably the best thing we can do. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss, um, and I appreciate you calling back. Thanks, Al. Thank you so much. You bet. Okay, bye. Um, okay, Al's going to hang up. I don't know how to hang up on Al, Sarah, and not lose Kim. I'm going to lock Kim and hang up on Al. Did I do that right? I'm still here. Kim's still here. Yay! I Yay. did. <laughs> Um, Yeah, that was such wise words. I really appreciate Al calling back. Yeah, he seems like he's on the path that he needs Mm -hmm. to be on, right? I mean, going through grief like that, we got another one here, which is um, on the the line here, and it's similar, but I'm wondering if you have um, any insight for John, who says, Shay, for me, Mm -hmm. the problem is remembering happier memories of past holidays, coupled with the realization that I'll never be that happy again. It's a potent combination that's difficult to overcome. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's John or Joan. I'm getting both spellings there. But, yeah, that sounds heavy. Well, and, you know, we tend to do this to ourselves, which is we tell ourselves things that may or may not be true. So we don't have a crystal ball. And even though it feels at this moment like things can never be the same, that doesn't mean that we'll never be that happy again. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's just that we can't imagine what that would look like now because it's not going to be exactly what you've had in the past. And so allowing ourselves not only that opportunity to feel the grief and feel those really difficult feelings, but then also allowing ourselves to have those moments of joy of, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not grieving if you remember joy or and or experience joy in the future. 
that means nothing to that relationship or that experience that you've had. Yeah, you don't need to be guilty for that, right? That's right. You can move on and have more relationships and experience more joy, and it doesn't take away from the past. Great advice. I often say to people, the people that you've lost want you to go on. They don't want your life to be over now that they're not here. They want you to be able to experience joy in the future. So open yourself to that. Uh, great stuff. Hey, Kim, can I ask you to hang on a minute? I don't know what you got. If you've got things to do today and you need to run, that's absolutely fine. But I got, there's a bunch more questions on the text line I can get to if you want to do it. Yeah, I love talking to you. Let's go. Excellent. Okay. Uh, I'll put you back on hold or I'll, I'll try anyway and we'll see okay. what happens. Okay. Here's a heavy one from Janelle. My son's father passed suddenly on December 22nd of a heart attack. I've known this man for 30 plus years and I'm having a very difficult time. Anger and overwhelming sadness. I need help. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I imagine that this woman is in a state of shock still, right? It sounds mm-hmm. like this was really sudden. Yeah. And I agree. Absolutely. Reach out. Uh, professionals are definitely a great option. And hopefully um, you have a support network where you've got friends, family members um, who you can turn to and, and talk to. And, you know, when you're supporting someone who is, you know, in this type of situation, quite often people just want you to listen, you know. And so don't go in thinking, oh, geez, I don't know how to help or support. That's actually not really the thing that's important. It's just important that you're there and that you're showing that you care. And you can always ask, what does support look like? You know, do you need a hug? Do you not want a hug? Do you want me to you know, give my advice. Do you not want me to? What, what's helpful? And, and for Janelle, it, it sounds like just don't, don't sit there and be alone with this. Ask no. for help, right? Get yeah, those people that are there that can help. I mean, and everybody's journey is different. Some people actually do need some time and space to kind of process. But yeah, as soon as she feels ready, absolutely reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another one. This is from Angela. Interesting one says, hi, we have a narcissist in the family, an in-law. Mm-hmm. Have you any mm-hmm. suggestions on how best to continue to keep family peace? COVID-19 restrictions are causing problems as we're on opposite ends of what we believe to be true. I imagine mm-hmm. a lot of families are in that situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, more so now than ever, no question. <laughs> no doubt. You know, I think the first thing you need to do often in these situations is release the idea that peace can be kept. Okay. Give yourself permission to have things get messy a little bit, you know, because you're dealing with these impossible situations. And at the end of the day, It doesn't even matter if it's COVID or something else. When we've got strong personalities in our families, we're not always going to agree. The question is, what do you want to do about it? How do you want to show up? And like earlier, I talked about your intention. I've got people in my family like that too. And I really just have to tell myself, number one, do I need to set a boundary? Like, do I want to be around this person? And number two, if I choose to at Christmas time or New Year's or whatever, then I need to go in with my intention and I want to show up authentically. But at the same time, if I don't want to start a fight, I'm just going to mostly not take their comments personally. 
Yeah. You know, and just not let it impact me because we have control over whether or not people impact us. So first choice is whether or not you even want to get involved with this mm-hmm. person in a physical capacity. And then second of all, whether or not you want to give them access to the way you're feeling. You can just choose Absolutely. not to engage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Two yeah. strategies there. Okay. Uh, let's go to Grant. If I can get Grant on the air here. Grant, uh, you got a question for Kim? Yeah, I do. How you doing, guys? Doing good, today? good. Go ahead. Just stay warm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm just dealing with some issues. Uh, I do have a new little French and stuff. I almost lost him uh, the other week. There. Well, that's the French bulldog you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, my little guy, yeah. Wubby, and I almost lost him. And and it's almost like I'm still almost going through because I lost my other French bulldog the same way on the same type of night. And it was windy and blowing snow just like the other night. And it was in within a couple of days four years ago. It was just mm. like crazy. It was so it was, it was just so close to the last time that happened to me. I literally walked in with them into the into the animal hospital, and I said, "You got to put me in a room because I'm just going to start bawling my eyes." But they put me in a room and all mm-hmm. just, you know the let go. But he he's okay. He just had a bad gastro infection, really bad. But uh, they said if I wouldn't have gotten him in, it would have been it would have been pretty tough mm-hmm. to save him. So I'm just. I'm just dealing with that and just thinking about those past things. But, yeah, even going to sleep at night, it's like, I'm like, I feel like I'm starting to be overprotective of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, it's, it's just kind of weird. I just want to, yeah. I want to feel secure about my relationship with them, you know, and just, yeah. just so he doesn't feel like I'm freaking out all the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and this can happen with any relationship, just not just, you know, pets that we're responsible for. It can be any relationship. Sure. So I appreciate you calling about this. And the, the really important key here is what are you telling yourself about the situation? Because my feeling is you're saying to yourself, I almost lost him. I need to be more vigilant. Yeah, and you yeah, the that the too, day, I'm feeling like I'm going to lose him for sure. Like, like I said, am I going to lose this guy too, you know? Well, and, and to be really frank with you, the truth is you will at some point, yeah, exactly. right? They don't stay forever, unfortunately. And yeah. the question is then, what do you want the time you have with him to look like? And do you want it to be you being constantly worried and rest rehearsing the tragedy or do you want to make these good memories and it really comes down to what you're telling yourself and it absolutely is triggered by your past loss but what you can say is like just flip that thought around which is i I saved him he's fine everything's okay. And you may need to write down these statements to yourself and look at them once in a while and just say, he's okay. Everything's fine. We're going to have a great life together with the time we have. That makes sense, Grant? That totally makes sense. And always remember, you guys, wash your hands and drying your hands is as important as washing them. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Grant. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Uh, Great stuff there, Kim. I think that's uh, helped out a bunch of people. Um, and mm. and I, I think, like you say, it's just sort of, it, it's all it, the mindset that you take into it, right? It's hard. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but... Not easy, no. But you're, you're, you're responsible for the way you feel and the way you react to mm-hmm. all, this, all this stuff. And it's tough, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it takes work, but yeah. that's okay. It's totally worth it. Kim, great stuff today. Thank you so much for all your time. I really appreciate you joining us.